Welcome to the Warwickshire Cricket Board podcast uh, in association with the Coaches Association. Um, I'm Alex Roslin. I look after coach education uh, at the Cricket Board uh, as well as a few other things. Joining me today we have Chris Kenny. Hello. Who is the All-Stars Officer for the Cricket Board and Danny Maskell who is the Schools Officer for the Cricket Board. So lots of knowledge in the room. Today we're going to go through how you can structure your winter nets um, heading into the kind of kind of starting point. Um, we're going to try and cover a lot of topics throughout these podcasts. However, we're going to try and focus them specifically on what you, you can do in your clubs to help move things forward or improve things or just a few new ideas for things. Um, remember, there are opinions, so there's no rights and there's no wrongs. We're just giving our opinions on what we feel would would be best or the best way to do it. Um, we're going to go right the way from under 11s all the way up to seniors. So hopefully lots of lots of options for you guys to uh, get stuck into in the winter. Um, we're going to look at a 10-week program, how you'd structure it, what kind of focus you'd have across the first three, five, seven weeks or however you work it out. Uh, I'm going to go into a little bit of, there's a few questions that I've got for Chris and Danny. So, 10-week program, winter nets, hardball, where are we starting first, gents? Well, obviously, with the uh, off-season being quite long in cricket, and uh, we know that starting in January, you've got uh, your winter nets coming up. Uh, really, for the first few weeks, if I was planning uh, a 10-week programme, it would be on kind of development stage for the first couple of weeks, so working on different areas of the game that you feel in the groups are uh, required to work on to get into the real, uh, the real core skills of what you're trying to do uh, for the first few weeks and looking to build it up as the sessions go on leading up to the season. Uh, I'm so not you, sure. you get really technical there? Yeah, first couple of weeks definitely get really technical, uh, whether that is using the things like bowling machines or having drills and drop feeds and different things like that, bowling drills, stationary drills. It's really getting technical and using that time to um, just maximise your coaching that you can do in them, them hours that you've got in January and uh, February. So, I think, I think what's important, Chris, is as well that there's lots and lots of repetition and lots of um, information being given to the, to the kids who are participating just to, just to learn from what they're actually practising and just to try and tidy up any mistakes or issues that they might have. And I think lots of repetition of batting, bowling, throwing, stopping a ball um, is really important early on at the start of the season, um, start of the winter training, um, just to prepare you for the, the main core of the, of the weeks during the winter. Uh, I think it's important to keep it fun and exciting, especially at the start of a 10-week a programme, for an example. I think you just need to keep the, the kids engaged and ensuring they're getting lots and lots of goes, lots of... Uh, Lots of opportunities to, to hit and catch balls, and um, yeah, I just think they just need to be kept interested as they uh, throughout the whole of the ten weeks, really. Yeah, and the luxury you've got at this stage of the training program as well is there's no pressure on results. The guys don't have a training session and have to go out and play on a under eleven Premier League game on a Monday evening or anything like that. So this is the time of uh, your coaching now that you can really get to the. Uh, Nitty gritty to the techniques that you require for the season that's going to be coming up in the uh, in the springtime. How do you keep it fun and challenging for that fourteen-year-old who's been to nets for four years? How do you keep those first technical bits interesting for them? 
I, th I think it's down to your planning and down to um, the games and the, the different scenarios that you're potentially setting and the condition games that you're playing. Um, if you can use your imagine, imagination and keep them um, up to date and relevant and um, interesting, then those kids will really thrive from that and really want to still practice a little bit on technical, I suppose, but in that fun environment where you're trying to make them make decisions and make them realise that it's okay to make mistakes if you're trying something new. And I think, yeah, if you can condition those games and set the scenarios right with some good planning, then I, th I think you'll you'll keep them interested for the whole 10 weeks, not just the start. Chris, is it the same for the 11-year-olds at the first time at Nets? How is that? Are they excited anyway? Uh, yeah, there, there may be a little bit of apprehension, uh, apprehension, should I say, that comes with it. Uh, the start of a winter programme, the start of a net programme. Uh, not quite sure of what the uh, new skills that you're going to learn. So it's really just making the children feel comfortable in the environment that you're setting. Um, if it is a new skill that you're working on or a repetition of a new skill, you've got to make it relevant and show that there's quite easy steps to progress and uh, develop the individual's game. So I suppose that's just the most important thing, really. Even if you're working in a group or in small groups, it's making sure that every individual has the chance to succeed. Uh, and that way you will keep them interested and you'll uh, be able to progress your drills as the 10-week system goes on. Okay, so let's go into Club World and let's go small sports hall, two lanes, little space on the side, uh, 20 plus kids, two coaches. How are we doing technical stuff with that group? What are we What are we focusing on there or how are we structuring it so that they get as many opportunities as they can? I think if, if you've got a, a, a space that's smaller, obviously you need to try and spread them out and give them as, as much goes as possible. So... Um, I just I just think small small games or small sided drills and skills will really help. Um, lots of practice and repetition and um, just quick short bursts and changing it quite often, but keeping again those repetitions up. I think that's as best as you can probably get from a batting point of view. I suppose is just lots of drill, drop feeds, bobble feeds, striking a ball. But still keeping it interesting with some challenges, um, so you can go leg side, you can go offside, you can go over the top, along the floor, all those different um, variations that you can use um, to keep it interesting. Um, from a bowling point of view, um, just get them to practice their different variations and give give them some different challenges. Um, we, we obviously want to see as many kids being able to bowl as a different variation. It's really important in the game. Uh, especially the shorter format of the game, so it's um, it's good for the guys to practice that and be put under a little bit of pressure um, with the, with a the variation and practicing that in a in a small area. Yeah, well, funnily enough, we did the first under 10 session on under 10s county boys age group. The the first session was on Tuesday night, and they've they turned out with there's three or four bowlers that are very skillful, but probably don't have the kind of don't have a great amount of control however they were already working on bowling back of the hand slower balls and bowling knuckle balls in the first session now I, th I think that's brilliant because they can carry that all the way through them but I think it's also important that we now go right the first three four however many weeks you choose to do it is we've got to get very technical with their actions and encourage them to bowl that but making them focus on actually you've got to be able to put the ball in the in the same place consistently um, Anything else to add, Chris? Yeah, I just want to echo what the guys have kind of just picked up on there. I think the most important thing at this stage is uh, letting the guys have as many goes as you can at different skills. 
it's not at this stage important to have a five minute net for each batter and keep rotating around the most important thing here is if a somebody goes away from a session and has 200 goes at an underarm feed on the front foot drive uh, that's something they're going to improve likewise if they can bowl 36 40 balls in a session um, not from a full run up obviously but from a standing position that's the skill that you're going to work on that's how they're going to succeed the most um, so it's just making sure everybody gets loads of goes, small groups, small games, uh, and just keep the volume up of the session that you're doing and what the skill is they're working on um, to the forefront of your session. Okay, so we've done three weeks, roughly, technical stuff out of the ten? Yeah. Is that fair? So three, maybe four, depending on how the group is. Um, what happens next? So after the first kind of three or four weeks of your, your training sessions, I'd start to look to uh, get the tactical and uh, game-based awareness going at this stage. I think it's important that the skills that you've practiced in the first few weeks um, are now put in under a little bit more uh, intense pressure. So whether this leads into the start of your more structured net sessions or bowling machines or bowlers bowling at batters towards plans, uh, this is the stage now where the skills that you've um, done quite a lot over the last few weeks are now going to be put into a little bit more practice and you're going to see whether the guys and girls in your sessions um, can put that into a more of a game cricket related situation. So that would be where I'm looking to take my winter programme to now. Um, but again, don't forget the core skills that you've worked on. It's important that you don't just go straight into nets and into more structured activity that you're not forgetting the skill that you've worked on if you do need to come back after a week where you don't feel like it's worked as well uh, by all means do that that's really important if on week three week four you notice that right the bat foot drive isn't working as well as i would hope then make sure week six is just looking back even as a warm-up all right that's something that you can start with just look at it again and then hopefully that'll be something to uh, reiterate what you've worked on in the past few weeks Chris, I think that's a really important point that you've got lots of lots of challenges and lots lots of decision making and risk taking. I think you, you've got to plan this really well. I think we've seen lots of uh, clubs and and coaches over the years probably not put as much time and effort into the these after the first three weeks of these sessions. And I think if you can invest a bit of your time from a planning point of view and ensure there's challenge and decision making, then these three weeks will be uh, really, really important in your in the preparation for the start of the season. Lots, lots of challenges and condition game rules, and really making it fun, um, but still focusing you right on those technical bits um, that you really want, really want to nail down. Um, and w once you've got all that in place, then I, I think you've got a, a good, good set of sessions there that could really um, make those kids thrive in that environment and really start to progress as cricketers and, and as kids playing cricket and playing the sport. So in those first probably six, seven weeks, are we just focusing on weaknesses or areas to improve or what are we, how, what are we doing about their strengths? I don't think you ever focus on any weaknesses. I think you always, you always focus on the strengths and see if you can improve them further. Those one or two percents that you want to really try and increase and improve. Obviously, they will have a weaker side of the game, but um, and you will need to cover some of that technically. But um, I think it's a mixture, really. Um, they need to be succeeding 
in the sessions as well as uh, trying something different and challenging so I think you've got to just be clever with again it comes down to your planning you've just got to be clever with your planning and your prep that you know that you can focus on something that they may have done before but trying to get that one or two percent increase um, and then something that they might be struggling with you can you can focus on that and just try and refine it a bit more I suppose I just want to pick up on a word that Danny used there which was challenging I mean whether it's a weakness or a strength that you perceive in somebody's game that you're working on, challenging that weakness or strength is something that's really important in all the sessions that you do. Um, if, it, if it's a strength, then you work even harder to challenge them to improve that strength further. I mean, we're not going to come out with full-rounded cricketers that we've got perfect that are going to go away and play international cricket. Cricket is always a game that's evolving and uh, there's always room for improvements, but there's also room for improvements in your strengths. So as long as you make sure that you're challenging people in your weaknesses and your strengths, then I feel like you're onto a decent uh, session plan and something that you can work towards. And the real tricky part is to make sure that you're getting the uh, strengths and weaknesses for the whole group. Just because one thing might be a strength for one person, it may be a weakness for somebody else. So f defining that session and making sure that you've got um, everybody going towards the same target, but at different levels, I think is really, really important. Would you guys, if it's hardball nets and you've got a smallish sports hall in, in the club world again, would you, for tactical kind of um, improvement, would you just get the nets back and get a game on the go or get some different zones on the go? I think a, I think a mixture of those is really important. We see a lot of a lot of players come through the system that are very much just net cricketers or bowling machine cricketers and don't really have a a strong sense of game awareness and decision making so I think you, you really do have to mix it up um, you really do want to see the kids in the lanes practicing potentially on some technical decision making but then also they need to be playing a game um, that's what that's what cricket is it's a, it's a game we want to see the, the kids playing that those games those different formats those different challenges and pressure that they might be under um, so I think it's a, a mixture is probably the, the best option there um, for me, just loads of conditioned games, loads of scoring zones, loads of rewards for for work for something they've been working on um, is is really really important. Um, and uh, again, it comes down to planning. But um, for me, yeah, it's got to be a mixture just to keep it interest interesting and exciting um, and challenging as well. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, if I was playing a ten week program, which I I'm actually doing at the moment. Um, for a couple of sides that I work with, I will easily try and get two or three games into that uh, that ten week period. It's whether that's a proper indoor game that the people can play, or if that's a hit and run game or a condition game with scoring zones. Um, there's something that I'll be looking to do, as I say, two or three times through the ten weeks. Because one thing that we haven't mentioned yet, and what game based um, training sessions can bring you, is fielding practice as well. A bit of fielding and a bit of fitness. Um, it's a great opportunity to just let the guys have a little go um, start taking some catches off the bat start throwing the ball at the stumps getting backing up going um, so game based drills are massively important in this 10 week programme and as well once, you, once you've observed the game you, you might spot something else that, that really shows up like we're, we're struggling with line and length or we're struggling to find a gap and complete a run those sorts of things might show up and that's where you can then use your integrated practice, I suppose, to try and work on um, a specific area 
that you've noticed within the game that might need a, might need improving um, again so again you can break it back down into into the next session I just reiterate just reiterating what I said at the start uh, remember these are all opinions so these are all how Danny Chris myself would maybe look to structure the weeks but I from experience and from watching some other coaches club coaches everything actually you get some really valuable coaching done during game time and during net practice it just very much depends on the group that you're working with um, if you've got people that are very strong in the nets but maybe don't have that game awareness then brilliant chuck them into a game um, but it's, it's it, a lot of it depends on who you're working with and what stage of development they're at I think a lot of people come into this and go once you get to a certain age of coaching that nets are the only way to train because um, it's perceived that adults do it you see teams do it they're always net practicing uh, and a lot of club sessions can be based around a 10 week net program so don't feel like if you have got an advanced group that you're taking a step back by pulling the nets back and doing tennis ball drills uh, games that we said um, it's a really key part I actually think it's probably a better training program if you have a mixture of everything than just getting the nets out every week and having a, an hour long net um, because I don't think a lot of people will be getting a lot from that scenario so as I say don't be shy to get the nets back and do different things and try different things yourself as a coach I just want to touch on here something that we haven't gone into into much detail on yet is you just mentioned it there Chris is you've got your senior nets so for those coaches out there that are going to be planning senior nets or going to be turning up and not knowing how many people are going to rock up to their net sessions or what time they're going to get there who's going to want to bowl who's going to want to bat what can we do or what what can those coaches do or what would you guys do to motivate those club cricketers who have been used to just batting and bowling for 10 years in the nets how do you motivate them to one want to improve uh, and two, maybe go outside of their comfort zone and learn a new skill or learn a new uh, area for them to work on. I, th I think you have to set the environment really and and state the reason for you wanting to, to change and to make a few changes. Small changes are better at the start. I wouldn't particularly go head first and make some massive changes, but just uh, make them realise why, the why of you want to do that. Um, and then hopefully they'll, they'll understand that it's, it's for their benefit. Um, and it might just be still maybe a net session but you maybe just set a little scenario of fields in for an example or the score is this and you need to get X, Y and Z and I, th I think if you set and add those little scenario little challenges, little tasks then if they're pretty simple then I think you've got a good chance of, of capturing those cricketers into to make a change um, but it's all about environment and setting the task and giving them the scenario that's that's how I'd look to. Yeah, to I think in terms of guys that have done um, ten ten winters now, winter nets, um, always just come and have their bat and a bowl, and that's probably they're happy and that's their pre-season. Uh, what I challenge them with the game's always evolving. T um, Twenty cricket, the hundred ball cricket that's coming in the next year or so. Um, one day cricket now is a completely different game than it was uh, if ten five years ago even. So the game evolves, different shots are in. Um, so challenge them to play a reverse sweep, challenge them to ramp, um, challenge them different things. And that just can be a way just to keep it uh, a little bit more fresh and it can get the returning cricketers uh, a little bit out of their comfort zone as well, but also making them committed and trying to learn new things in your uh, winter programme. Yeah, I think it comes down to 
maybe the coach having that conversation with the player, not necessarily at the nets, um, but you have the conversation with them about how they, maybe how they could improve. You probably get that from them. Don't don't go in there all guns blazing and say, this is how I want you to improve, depending on the person. Um, but I think it's an honest conversation of how you how you look to motivate them and how you look to get them um, keen for going to nets and learning new skills, I guess. Um, just looking at the game-based, so we're going into seniors and juniors here. How, what kind of games, if we list out a few games now, or a few ways that we can condition games and make them relevant to the age group or the, the stage of development they're at. So for example, with under-11s, we're not going to go and say, right, this is a, a Bunsen burner in Chennai, and you've got to can only sweep and you can only come down the wicket. I mean, it might be great for the age group you're working with, but then also with the seniors, you might not have some scoring zones that you're going to go through where you get double runs or anything like that because it might not motivate them. Where actually it may do depending on whoever it is. What would we do to make it relevant or specific to the situation? So if I was uh, starting to plan an under 11s uh, game based activity now towards the end of our winter programme, I'd be looking at setting up some specific shot drills. Uh, encouraging them to score through different areas to different types of bowling whether that's against spin uh, looking to maybe use their feet and looking to encourage that it well, maybe introducing it even uh, sweeping encouraging back foot play so you can play a pull shot cut shot it's letting the uh, the children have a different go at different things uh, and even by setting up little game based scenarios it just puts that little bit of pressure on the people involved um, it could put a little bit of rivalry on if there's two teams playing against each other, which hopefully can help them strive towards uh, high performance levels. So it's just structuring a game so that they can try new things. Um, because at this age, it's all about developing, it's all about evolving as players, uh, but whilst they're still enjoying it. So if they're learning new skills, uh, that's a real key part of the game that I would go with at this age. I think as well, what's important at that age as well, Chris, is that you're as coaches you're, you're looking to reward um, for specific things in the game so if you've been working on front foot drive then reward heavily for them playing a, a front foot drive because that's exactly what you're looking for them to do um, and reward them for good cricket um, because I think at that age they, they will they will really be looking for that recognition and that reward from, from coaches for, for doing it and at the end of the day if they've worked hard and they're doing something that you've asked them to do then I think that's a, a great a great chance for, for, the, for you to praise and to reward within the session. So we've done under 11s. Um, we've done under 11s. If we move up a little bit, so are we keeping the same focus? Are we still going specific shots for under 13s, 15s? Or are we starting to introduce a few more conditions whereas, look, you, you can only score one way or you can only play this shot or... Um, you cannot play in this box. You cannot, you cannot bowl this delivery. Yeah, I think I think the the older you're going to get, the more rules and restrictions you're going to put in on the game to add challenge. Um, so yeah, I'll be looking at adding a few tactical and technical um, rules in, along with some decision making, um, and then again, like I said earlier, rewarding for, for those for those shots. So the the, the older that you, you go, the more rules and challenges you get um, from a technical tactical point of view. Um, you can even add some physicality stuff in there as well. The older that they get, just to really add some sort of challenge. Um, probably look to go 
harder ball as well. Um, shorter distances, just things that's going to put a lot of pressure on them um, to, to really try and get the best out of them, but still to challenge at the right level. I think the key thing at this stage as we go up the age groups now is um, the understanding of decision making and the right and wrong decisions at, at what time in the game scenario that you've got. Um, understanding when to play that shot and why they're playing that shot it's putting it into the players uh, own mind now whereas when you're with the younger age groups you're uh, almost setting up the game and the drill for them to get that end result that you want as a coach Um, but at this stage now and as we get higher up the age groups it's actually taking that and putting it onto the player a bit more so making sure that they're making the decisions uh, they're doing the things at the right time I think is really important and we spoke a lot about kind of doing it with batting and batting shots, but it's just as important for bowlers um, at this stage, learning and understanding when to bowl different balls, if they've uh, been encouraged to bowl slower balls, uh, shorter balls, bowling line and length. It's allowing that person to make the decisions first, and then as a coach, you may come in and intervene after um, and give your opinions there. But I think it's really, really important, the older players that we work with, that we put the the learning and the uh, emphasis on their own decision-making at that time during the game. I think as well, and I 100% agree with that, is that you want to try and get the answers from them as players and do that with, with good questioning. If you can ask them really good questions and try and draw out that information and ask another question to dig further if you need to, then... They are going to learn and improve by giving you those answers if, they, if they're aware of the knowledge that they've got. Um, and you're just there to support and to facilitate that, those questions and get that information out of them. Um, and once you've done that, then I, I think you, you, the session will really flow nicely and they'll be really challenged and there'll certainly be some improvements. What kind of questions would we ask then? If we're saying... Um, we want to get the we want to get the answers out of them. We, I don't need obviously. I don't want you to give specific ones. But what kind of questions are you asking? Well, I, I th- putting a bowler's kind of side on it, it's um, understanding what the batsman's looking to do. So if you're a spinner, uh, if the batsman's looking to use his feet and come down a track at you, what alternatives do you have? Um, do you be brave and chuck it up and bowl it a bit slower and trying to get them not quite to the pitch of the ball? Or do they then think about bowling a quicker ball and trying to get them uh, to miss one and run past it? It's the decision making on the spot at the back of um, at the end of their run up that you want to start asking the uh, asking the questions. Why did you think that? Why did you think that was relevant for that ball? Um, really open questions that you're going to get them the most out of that individual that you can. Does that help create a bit of pressure as well? Absolutely. Um, Cricket's a game of pressure. When when they're in, get into the summer and the games are coming on, um, the pressure will be on. Whatever level of cricket you're playing, uh, there's always pressure involved. But if you've trained them in that pressure and they've experienced these pressures and these uh, scenarios in the past, which hopefully you've done through your winter training programme, hopefully they've got a better answer when the game is actually in the season. Um, that they can then relate back to your training session and go, oh, I remember what happens here. This is something I can try. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least there's a thought process and a training environment that's gone with it. I think you can also look at the, the mental side of the game as well and question question them on, on that. And tactical, 
and again, maybe a bit of technical stuff. Okay, how are you going to drag that ball back a fraction? How are you going to bowl that knuckleball? Um, just all those different variations of, of questions that you can use. Um, I think it's such a valuable tool um, that can really make a massive difference in, in your coaching. Okay, so we, we're kind of going through under 11s, under 13s, under 15s. Let's say we've got an under 19 group who they get an hour, an hour and a half a week. Um, they've got obviously a lot going on. They turn up to they turn up to nets and they're probably they're probably not the keenest of of bunch because you know teenagers can be like that. Um, but what do we what do we recommend for coaches that are going to be working with the 19s or under 19s? How do you how do you kind of um, how do you motivate them? How do you make the games exciting for them? Uh, I think you need to have a conversation with them at the start and ask what what are they what are they here for and what what do they want from it and then you can tailor your sessions to to hit their needs. Um, I think you still that with every group really, but for for under 19s, I think you certainly just need to speak to them and say, look, these are my thoughts. How how does it feel? And you need to get the buy-in from them. Um, if if they are interested and want to do it, then then crack on, plan it, and and get it delivered. But I'd certainly let them have a, a bit of an input um, and then you can always do what they want to do and then just challenge again throughout throughout their session yeah I completely agree with what Danny's saying there um, it's about putting the ball in their court a little bit at this kind of age it's um, firstly you've got a great result that they're there and they're still uh, interested in cricket and they're willing to train during the winter because we know obviously sometimes it can be difficult and we get quite a big drop off at this age so that's a real positive thing first of all um, it is learning it's still learning new things I said it earlier with the kind of adult players we spoke about the game's evolving all the time um, as they get older these under 19s players shorter formats of the game are going to become more and more important so it's just using skills like that and skills like that can be fun um, Bowling a slow ball, learning how to bowl a knuckleball, learning how to bowl a back at, uh, back of the handball. There's some things that you can really challenge them, and hopefully they can see a reward from their developing their game that way. Um, yes, it might be boring if they come to your sessions and they're asked to play front foot drives for ten weeks. You probably won't get the same response to them if you're asking them to play a slog sweep, for example. So it's um, it's finding out what they want to do, what they want to learn making it fun and challenging them with new things and uh, showing them the way the game's going to evolve. And um, as a coach, I think you'll see the benefits from that as well. Yeah. Sorry, Danny. No, no, carry on. A couple of things for me are, you've got to create that team environment, whether it's under 11s or whether it's under 19s or whether you're with seniors, is the team environment is about, one, people are there to have a good time because they want to be enjoying it. But two, they're also there because they know they want to improve, but they want to be working as a team to do that instead of it being... Um, if it's a senior and under 19 net you've got two guys that sit on the bowling machine for 20 minutes while everyone else flogs themselves bowling uh, and then jumps into the nets and has a little bowl but then goes home and the other thing with your rules or with your um, condition conditions in the games or however however you want to phrase it would be, be creative and be as random and as kind of uh, exciting as you can be with that because that might just that might just give them that extra kick of actually this is a bit a bit different than I've ever done before so it might really help. 
Right, so the key points we've got from uh, our conversation today are technical would be the first three or four sessions, depending on the group, obviously. Um, that would be all around player development, all around the skills of the player, so whether it be batting, adding different shots, whether it be bowling, bowling consistently, um, action work, technical work, technical changes maybe in those first three or four sessions. Um, the next three or four would be tactical, and we're all looking at areas for improvement in games, game plans, scoring zones. Uh, like Chris mentioned about bowlers, when do you bowl it? And then the last two, which you can link into tactical, would be game-based. So make it relevant, make it realistic, be specific to the age group you're, or the age group or the team that you're working with. Um, that concludes the first Warwickshire Cricket Board podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening. A um, couple of things from today's podcast is keep an eye on the Warwickshire Cricket Board um, Coaches Association YouTube where you'll get some good videos on drills, tips. Um, we recently did a video on batting against spin. So you get some good ideas of drills that you can incorporate into your internet through that. Uh, remember to become a member of the, the CA. That's all available on the Warwickshire Cricket Board website, which is www.warwickshirecricketboard.co.uk. Um, we, are, we are hosting a Coaches Association conference on Saturday the 2nd of March, which again, all information is on the website. You can sign up through that. And follow us on Twitter, WCBCA Twitter, which is at WCB underscore CA. Or the cricket board is at W-A-R-K-S underscore W-C-B. Uh, thank you very much. See you next time. Thanks all. See ya.